Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passion into profit. In this episode, we've got Catherine King, a radiant Christian artist, worship leader, and mother. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how do you maneuver ups and downs to life as an artist and what to consider when you want to participate in contemporary Christian music? If you are curious to learn how this artist turns tragedy into triumph, then this episode is for you. Thank you, Catherine, for being here. I want to let you know that we do appreciate your time. So why don't we just go ahead and go produce? I'm going to start off with a nice introduction so that we all know who we're dealing with today. Catherine is a recording artist. She's a worship leader. She's a mother of two. She's a true inspiration within her industry. In 2008, Catherine released her first album entitled The Doors Open, which reached global markets. And then soon after, she ran into bankruptcy, which forced a temporary hiatus. During this phase of her life, she received support through her local church, as well as others, which led to her 2011 live workshop entitled or album entitled Your Kingdom Come. Catherine's most recent project called By Oil was released in 2015. Since then, she has taken time away from her professional career, but remains very active within her church and her Christian community. Please welcome Catherine King, also known as Catherine Marquis. We're all clapping. We're all clapping here for you. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Welcome. The sound of one hand clapping. Yeah, it's well, we can fix that later on. Beauty of technology. <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you so much. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. Just thrilled. Thanks for having me. So I want to introduce to you the first segment. The first segment today is called The Basics. Do you see that nice and clearly? The basics. So what we're doing today is running through some simple questions so that we can all get to know you a little bit better. We're going to ask some basic questions and uh, see what we figure out. Okay. So I like to start out with this one. This is one of my personal favorites, but I want to know what is your first musical memory? And I think if we're, if we're going back in time here, this is a perfect opportunity to use your awesome sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) My first musical memory. Ooh, did not involve cool sound effects. <laughs> I'm not sure it's my first one, but this is burned in my brain. I was one of those kids where um, piano lessons were imposed on me. Mm-hmm. I came from a line of actually women who were piano, uh, even violin teachers, okay. choir leaders, singers. And so it was uh, not optional in my family. Everybody was taking piano lessons. And I can remember um, being subjected to a Kiwanis festival Ooh. when I was just like little, little and having to play a duet with my piano teacher's daughter. And uh, I remember the name of the duet was Marching Moon Men. Okay. Yeah, burned in my mind. And so we got up there to do our thing. She was on one end of the piano. I was on the other end. We began for the adjudicators and probably the third note of mine was bad. Lost my place, quit playing, and my partner just kept going. Yeah. So I just sat there, frozen, horrified. Oof. Through the entire, and that was, yeah. And that is seared into memory. Musical performance right there. Oof. I mean, at least it didn't deter you. Clear, clearly not. Clearly not, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for a little bit, but I mean, you got right while. back up. That's yeah, well. awesome too, though. Wow. That's a first. Yeah. That's a Fabulous. first. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Next question. <laughs> it's very evident that music is a big part of your life, whether you're not working on it professionally you're still engaged in it. But I want to know, what do you do when you're not working on music altogether? 
when I'm not working on music altogether? That that's an excellent question. Um, I I have a a day job as an optometric assistant right now, oh, so I'm actually yeah I know optometric assistant. So I'm a assistant to an optometrist to an eye doctor. Okay, and so I'm front of house. When we when the world returns to working again, right, right, I'm front right. of house a few days a week um, in a doctor's office. So okay, it's cool. It's nice to deal with people and kind of to be out in the real world. The, the church can sometimes be um, kind of a, a unto itself community. Right. So I actually really enjoy being out with right, right, with right. The rest <laughs> integrating with the rest of the world. Nice. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I I understand that too on a different level, but I understand that. Cool. I've got another question here that will give us a little bit more insight. When you are working on music or other creative aspects of your life, what does your yeah. process look like? That's that's an awesome question. And I, you know, this that kind of creative process is really unique to the artist, unique to people. Everybody's sort of got their own way. Yep. Um, I'm probably split between sort of that creative download where the muse comes to you at weird times, I might be out for a walk. Lots of people joke. My closest friends joke. I often will will write songs in the shower. I'll get a download of lyrics. No or judgment idea. there. It's real. It's probably That's the only real. time I'm quiet, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've written whole songs in the shower just with the sort of creative download that comes and then get out dripping and try to write it down. You know there are shower pads? There, I, I did not know that. Yeah. But it, that like maybe needs to be my next investment. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done that yet, but... The amounts of times that I cut my shower short for the sake of writing a couple words down. Right? Come on. See, yeah. I'm not alone in this. No. I think it's maybe we're closed in and, you know, anyway. No. So I would say that's probably 60 to 70% of my process. But I'm also somebody that appreciates the the writing and the rewriting process. So there there is something to be said for sitting down and laboring something out over an idea. Something may have inspired me during the day, you know, in because um, the music is comes from a faith base if i've heard a message in church if if i've i've heard a preacher or seen something on social media that has inspired me i i can sit down and labor over that yeah. point and yeah you know spend days or weeks creating that way and so really my process is probably split between those two things but i prefer the sense of the organic download because for me that carries an authenticity for me and, right. and that's not a judgment on other people's process yeah i will never be somebody who could just crank out a song as a product because hey this is a great song idea and i'm just going to write it. it it has to come from something personal some kind of aha mm, moment okay. in my own life a deeper deeper significance to it interesting yeah. okay cool yeah i like both points of the like what you mentioned because we do run into moments of inspiration. I mean, you, you can't really control when you're going to see something that sparks an idea. You don't. You just can't control that. And it can happen within the confines of your shower, oddly enough. But at the same time, if you don't have the the commitment to actually sit down and work on your craft, refine it, you're only going to go so far at, at the same time. That's it. So I, I like both points that you made there. I've got one more question for this segment. What is something that people seem to misunderstand about you? People seem to misunderstand about mm -hmm. me. That is an excellent question. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to edit out this long pause, oh, right? Oh, perfect. We, we've got the facility for that. <laughs> um, I think I think as an on the artist uh, sort of sphere in the artist realm, probably, and, and we can get deeper into this a little bit later, but probably the greatest um, source of misunderstanding is, is that I, I don't really find myself fitting in 
the sort of um, niche of the industry. And and I, I am approached on, I have been approached in the past on multiple levels, you know, about creating a product for this specific, you know, industry sort of angle or, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I, I, I approach what I do in a more organic way than that. I, I, I struggle to sort of fit what I do into what would be considered industry standard. And so I, I do find this a, a long way around answering your question, but I, I do find that, that I get a lot of puzzled looks trying to explain why at least what I've done in the past as an artist, um, as a worship leader, doesn't necessarily fit in the mold of what is considered popular kind of worship on the worship stages of the world or the maybe the contemporary Christian music right. format. Right. It's it's sort of like square peg round hole. And yeah. so I But you gotta keep that, on trying. Yeah. Yeah. I think you gotta be true to what's inside of you and and let that open doors for you. Let what's inside you, the gift inside you create space for you to be. Yeah. And and then yeah. you're not shaped by what's out there, you're starting to shape what's out hey, there. Hey, if one thing is for certain is that life is malleable. It is always changing. Yeah. So good work. We'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way. Yeah. You just got to keep on trying. That's right. Perfect. Well, I like that a lot. Thank you for that segment. We definitely know you a little bit better. The next round is the speed round. Wham! That was so fast. So fast. <laughs> So in this speed round, we're going to ask you some rapid fire questions that are designed to be answered quickly by either saying yes, no, this, that, neither, or both. We're going to have oh some gosh, fun I with feel it. Oh my pressure already. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Bring it. Um, I, I do want to let you know that you do have the opportunity afterwards to explain if you, if you feel the need, but the point is just to go through this quick. All right? Okay. Okay. Right. Work hard or play hard? Play hard. Cup in the cup gourd, right side up or upside down? Upside down. Are bananas and oranges sweet vegetables? No. <laughs> Hamburger or taco? Oh, why do I have to choose? Both. Both. Money or free time? Free time. <laughs> Loud music or soft music? Both. Day event or night event? Both. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dine-in or delivery? <laughs> oh, Again, all these choices, both. Ooh, it's a tad nipply outside. Sweater or hoodie? Oh, sweater. Were you always a Christian artist? Yes. Phone call or text? Oh, text. I don't use it for that. Hmm. Can a tiger be your pet? Can you what? A tiger. Can a tiger be my I don't think we should go there with the whole tiger thing We should thing just right avoid now. that altogether. All right, cool, yeah. cool, cool. 100%. Do you like ice cream cones or snow cones? Ice cream. All right, if something is tasty, is it bad? Oh, I'm too old for that. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you lost your mind due to the pandemic yet? Not yet. Is water wet? Usually. Weird or normal? I I decline to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask. Inside or outside? outside? Outside. Do you want to learn another instrument? Yes. Nice. That concludes the speed round. Zoom. Speed round. That was my attempt at making a fast noise right, like <laughs> well uh do you want to make any accept or explanations yeah i think remind me the first question the again the first question was work hard or play hard yeah because i answered play and then i thought no both, both. It's definitely, definitely both you can't yeah. play too hard if you're not working hard i mean you're gonna That's run right. out of things to play with 
both are required. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think both are required to live yeah. life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these are just, they're like designed to really just, why are you even asking me this? Yeah. And then some what? like the birthday one, does your birthday always happen on the same day? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Same date? Yes. Same day of the week? Yeah, no. exactly. Our next segment is designed to explore perspectives, and that is exactly what we're going to do. Next segment is called, What's Your Take? Bow, bow, bow. So we're going to provide you with up to five statements, topics, ideas, and we're going to ask you... Boom, boom, boom. What's your take? We're going to ask you essentially that. What is your take on these different ideas? So let's move right into it. Let's do it. One does not simply protect one's Facebook privacy with a status update. (laughs) (laughs) What's your take, Catherine? People and their Facebook. Yeah, I think we have a a wide uh, misunderstanding of how social media works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, we do. And uh, I think uh, that's a big topic. Um, Intelligence level on social media is a is a big topic, and I, I questionable if it <laughs> even exists. To be honest, that that is very very true. And I, social media is one of those things that is a is a tool for good in the right hands, and and uh, can be a tool for evil in the wrong Ain't ones. And so I think, yeah, I think we have to be careful to remember that Facebook and other social media tools are a way um, for people to have a a window into your life, a window, especially into your profession. It's a great tool for artists, great tool for people who, who work in the industry that we do. Um, but I think you're smart to remember uh, that it is filtered through everybody else's uh, understanding, everybody else's life. And you, you certainly are not going to protect your content. <laughs> I, I can't even. <laughs> with the Nor are you going to protect yourself from people's opinions. Those are going to fly all over the place. So I think, yeah, wisdom is is needed. Um, Integrity definitely needed in in how um, (laughs) social media is conducted. I agree. And and you're certainly not going to get the whole person uh, through social media. And if you think you are, then then we need to help. I mean, you really have to ask yourself, how can you fully understand someone through their social media and expect others not to fully understand you if you're only putting right. yourself through social media. That's that's hocus pocus. Right. That's backwards. Come on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We got to consider it sort of a an animated billboard into your life. It's, it can, it's a great professional tool. A tool. It can be a, yeah. a nice social tool, especially given the the, cir- the circumstances that the world finds itself in right now. Super great resource. But yeah, we do well to remember that that is a, a tiny facet of the real human and the real life of people. And yeah, that that status update, copied and pasted, not going to change your algorithm. <laughs> not sorry, not sorry. Yeah, that, that was a very detailed what's your take. Perfect. <laughs> Second question or, or yeah, this one's a question. Do you think musicians should ever perform or release music for free? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. At I all do. stages or what? Uh, no, not necessarily. And I, I think... That's kind of a loaded question, should they? I think it should be considered an option for every artist and musician. I think it's something that people shouldn't necessarily throw away and say, I'm only going to do for profit. Right. Because, because art itself is something, we've seen it more than ever during this pandemic, that art is something that, that keeps our culture alive. 
people, the moment people are in need, the moment hope is needed, the moment um, things turn to the negative, the, the vast, the community of the world looks to art. We look to yep. music, we look to media. We, and so I think there's a time and a place for giving back in that sense, for not, not creating a, a, a product where I'm going to make a profit, but, but for communicating who I am, for, for letting people see, you know, that window into the sort of the soul of the artist and just say, I, I'm just giving this because, yeah. because I am. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean artists should feel taken advantage of or, or feel pressured that what they do isn't, doesn't carry the value you know, of the monetary weight, of course, we, we also are looking for income streams and looking to produce art for income. But, but I think we, we need eat. to approach yeah. it, that it, it is, art has always been a gift um, to the culture, always been a gift to the world. And I think we, we do well to hold that in balance. Yeah, no, it's true. And then at some points, I like to think that it could possibly devalue the industry. Perhaps. But, but you kind of also address that because you're also giving back to the community. I mean, you got to give art is there to right. be given. And if we look around, even at what's happening right now, the whole world is shut in and suddenly art is widely available on social media and big name artists are doing home concerts. They're not charging any money. They're, they're giving back to the community. They're saying, this is the piece I can bring. And, and, you know, they're infusing hope. They're bringing joy. I mean, that's, that's a prime example of how it doesn't devalue the industry, but it it's creating personal connection. Absolutely. Suddenly those artists who were like up on a pedestal and were like, oh, those people, now it's become personal. Now they're real people. I think that can only help to prosper the industry once we've moved beyond this time. Now I feel like I know you. So now I'm going to go after the music you're producing. I'm going to go to your concerts. I feel yep. like we have a, a rapport. All now, of a sudden, so. human connection becomes more valuable than that financial piece of paper that we call money. Exactly. And this is the way that artists connect. Yep. So, yep. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Cool. I really like that. I've got another one here. Um, relating to artists making some money and then some artists making lots of money. We don't got to hate because, I mean, they worked for it, essentially. But in terms of celebrity culture, do you think that celebrity culture does not affect our mental health? Do I think that celebrity culture does not affect? No, I I believe it does affect our mental health. Yeah, how so? I do. I, I, I think it changes the way that we view ourselves. And I think it changes the way we view those who may not be as sort of exalted and, and lifted up as, as those people that, you know, we hold in that very high celebrity status. Because if we're only lifting people up based on their incredible gift, or in some cases, it's not even so much about the gift as it's about their marketing ability and the team that yeah. they have around them. <laughs> and let's be honest, yep. and the money that has gone into creating a product out of a human being mm -hmm. um, or a product out of a, you know, you, you fill in the blank. There's a lot of effort and dollar that goes behind creating that sort of celebrity status, that celebrity platform for people. And I think it's human nature that that we create celebrity. We, you know, we flock to what the culture is saying is cool. We flock to what people are like, that's amazing. And you're, I want to get in on that too. Mm -hmm. And and I think as humans, we're drawn to the beauty of great gifting as well. Mm -hmm. But we know from the industry that there are loads of people with incredible gifts that are not necessarily mainstream in the industry, 
nobody's heard of yeah. them before. Their their reach may be limited yeah. for a variety of reasons. There's also quite so the opposite too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Sometimes those who are really exalted and lifted up as celebrities don't really have the strength of the gift thing to carry it. And you wonder, how did that happen? Um, but no, I, I, in terms of it affecting mental health, I think it can really skew how the everyday person looks at themselves. Yep. And you can really start to devalue, you know, if we buy into that, that culture, it starts to devalue who I am. I start to look inside, then I think I need to be like this or be like that. And certainly for the the artists, you know, there's a temptation to look at what culture has lifted up as celebrity and think, I got to sound like that. I got to look like that. I got to be like that mm -hmm. in order to have value. And that's just not the truth. It's not, no. Yeah. No. Cool. I like that. I like that. We've got one final statement for this segment. Coffee is not good for you. I, I, la, 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 la. I, I, sorry. sorry, I blacked out. Tell me how you really feel. What's your take? <laughs> coffee, coffee, coffee and worship. I can remember being in line at a conference once and I was in line at the coffee shop and worship was starting in the next room. And the lady behind me is like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Dilemma. Worship is starting. And I was like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? Worship and coffee. They're the same. They're the same. Coffee's like the coffee originated in heaven. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I've come to learn that you're quite a fan. <laughs> what would give you that idea? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> now, my coffee nerding is high. I'm very high on the coffee nerding scale. And so I can appreciate that. Is... Like, oddly enough, I cannot drink coffee at all. Um, I'm sorry. It, it just devastates me. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I understand the value that it provides for people. So, yes. but it's, it's beautiful. at the same time, I think it's an addiction at, at that like it's it can be an addiction. It's not an addiction. We're in a committed relationship. In a, so okay. <laughs> as long as you both love each other dearly. <laughs> I can't take that away from you. That's hilarious. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. So that brings us to our fourth segment of the day. It's time for a wheel challenge. Get it? A wheel. Wheel. Because it's wheel. The wheel. struggle is wheel. <laughs> the struggle is wheel. Okay. So what we, we what we do here is we spin the wheel virtually. Well, I'll spin it for you. And awesome. each part of this wheel has a different challenge. And you only have one opportunity to complete this challenge. If you do not like it, if you have no desire whatsoever to compete, we'll laugh at you. But then you also have the opportunity to answer one question. It's a bit of a personal question. It's not horrible, horrible, but it's not so desirable either. I'll leave that up to you. You got it. Cool. Bring on the challenge. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this up a little bit closer so you can kind of see it. All right. There you go. All right. Spin that wheel. Here we go. What you gonna get? What you gonna get? What you gonna get? <laughs> I think we just wrote a new hook. <laughs> <laughs> you can use that. Oh. All right, all right. Okay, so we've got drawing blindfolded. Do you drawing perchance, blind. yes, do you perchance have a piece of On paper? Earth, am I going to draw blindfolded? Yes. You don't necessarily have to like cover your face as long as you close your eyes. I mean, I could take your word for it. Oh, but you are ready to go. I'm ready. Okay. okay. So Just we've got. Gonna I'm going to look at you. You're going to look at me. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, the only rule for this is other than not looking, obviously. So 
not the only rule, <laughs> but the second rule is you have 10 seconds. Okay. So do it as fast as you can and then boom, show it up. What am I drawing? I'll give that to you. Ready, okay. set, Ready. Okay. go. Slippers. This is going to be awful. <laughs> to know that. For okay. a second there, I wasn't sure if you started because you kept on looking at me. I was like, what? I did. I, I, my slippers are complete. I okay. haven't even looked at them. I'm scared. Okay, no, you got to show the camera. You can't. You can't oh, hide it. Oh, oh it's <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me tell you what day job I'm not quitting. Yeah, you should probably not quit that. <laughs> right? My, couldn't you tell those were slippers? Mm, Let me tell you what it's like raising exclamation children. marks. Let me tell you what it's like. <laughs> mine have survived to 18 and 20. Yeah. I know. I'm much too young looking to have 18 and 20 year olds. That's what I was saying. Thank you. The thing about raising children is you got to look at slippers like that and be like, that's the most amazing slipper I've ever seen. Ah. That's like the whole first 10 years of their lives. <laughs> so very deceitful is what you're saying. Uh, not, <laughs> white lies, white lies. Doesn't embellish, hurt anyone. Embellish. We do what artists do and find ways to reframe the truth. Thank Perspective. you. I write songs, you know. Perspective. That's beautiful. <laughs> that that in itself is an art. <laughs> okay. So the next 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 challenge to draw is going to be Oh, I draw. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna do one or we're gonna do two more. Okay. Okay. So you ready? No, but what okay. It's going to go under the slippers. Here we go. Okay, perfect. Ready. Not looking. It's going to be on my go. Three, two, one, go. A candle. <laughs> <laughs> Your face just... Okay. What? That's Maybe like five, Ready? four, oh! three... No, I completed it. I'm way under 10 seconds. You did it already? Okay, cool. Let's see it. Oh, yeah. It's better than the slippers. Ready? All right. Okay, cool. I could see that. I could see that. I give that a candle. I drew a candle. Yes. Okay. So, so we'll say that's one out of two so far. Okay. Let's see if you could take that's this channel. Bad. Okay. The last one. Three, two, one, go. A treble clef. You got this. Okay, I'm done. Let's see it. Right. Oh, winning. Winning? Ah, you got it. You got it. All right. Cool, 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 cool. Two out of three. Two out of three. Two out of three is not bad. You took the wheel challenge and you showed it who is boss. <laughs> Great. So that brings us to our last segment. Our last segment is designed to eliminate brain fog for our listeners. Our last segment is called Clear the Air. Because it makes a whole lot of sense. What we do with this segment is that we want you to be honest about different kinds of challenges, common issues within the industry. And the point is to help these listeners become better and to avoid unnecessary hurdles along the way because unnecessary isn't required. No. But some hurdles are. So we'll True. figure this out. First question I've got for you is... <clears throat> There are a lot of criticisms when it comes to religious music and religion in general. What do you have to say to these kinds of critics? Criticisms of religious music. Um, I have come up against two kinds of criticism. And so let me just sort of outline that. The, the first kind of criticism would be people who are have not come from a faith background that really have no connection to a faith background mm -hmm. or who have been hurt by a faith background. And there are those who who are not interested in, in a narrative that includes faith at all. 
But I have found that even those people who fit in that category where where, where religion, where church, faith-based um, is a sore spot for them, music tends to be the the place, the the leveling place, the common ground, because music tends to be palatable. And so it's almost like it's okay to express faith if it's music. Through music. It, it, it's it's much, people are have a better ability to receive that. So I, I almost think as a, as a Christian artist, if you're looking to it's reach very interesting. people who are outside of a faith background or who have been hurt by a faith background, you're actually more likely to present a message with music that is going to be palatable for that person. Because you're not... You're not imposing a belief system. You're you're opening a door to an option. You're saying this has been yeah. my subjective experience. You you get to choose from this. Well, they're already familiar with song, right? So it can it's be not so distant to them, right? And and when something is presented in song, you're presenting a subjective experience. So people have the option of relating to that or not. It doesn't feel like an imposition. Whereas yep. if we're in a conversation you might feel more imposed upon if I'm talking about my faith and that's not something, if that's a sore spot for you or not something that you're interested in. Right. If we're just having a dialogue, you might feel like it's an imposition. Right. Music it presents you with the option to participate. That's awesome. I'm happy I asked that question. Sorry, you were saying some more? Keep it going. Listen, I always have words. Keep it going. <laughs> but but from the from the faith-based side of things, from, from within the sort of Christian music industry there are several different streams and and i think that people they sort of they can lack an understanding of of the uniqueness of each stream and and they tend to think that this the music needs to fit into a particular mold sound message whatever and and faith-based music that's outside of what's sort of considered the the sound of the moment yep is is maybe not as palatable to some does that does that make sense i think cuz cuz times are changing yeah yeah they are and and the the industry and i'm not down on the industry but but i've never fit really within what would be considered the the contemporary christian music industry mold if there was going to be one and but i do you want to overlapping into another question um it kind of kind of works <laughs> Do you want? Well, you can ask the next question if you want, and I can go there later, or I can keep talking. Go ahead, go ahead. It's it's fluid now. Okay, editing editing's good. <laughs> um, yeah. Do I want to fit into the mold of the Christian contemporary Christian music industry? Um, no. It, if there is a mold, I don't want to feel obligated to to have to fit into that. Um, I don't want to bend myself into a preset. Uh, idea. And and I have hit up against that in my career. Um, and, and I found out pretty early that generally speaking, if a song doesn't fall within a three and a half minute time frame, mm-hmm. if it doesn't have a certain sound personality behind the song, it's probably not going to get radio play yeah. in what would be considered the contemporary Christian music scene. Right. That being said, it's taken me a long time as an artist to get okay with that. Yeah. And a lot of self-examination. And these are the questions that that other artists, young artists, up and coming, you know, people should be asking themselves. Do I want to participate in the contemporary Christian music industry to be an influence there, to bring my voice, to bring my sound, to bring my product? And if I do, 
then I probably need to take a serious look at what the requirements of that industry are. And right. I need to craft according to that mold. Right. Your why has to be very strong. Right. Or I need to make a decision on the front end that I that that's not important to me. And I'm going to be true to the sort of organic, you know, for me, because I have come from worship leading roots, mm-hmm. my, my background in terms of faith-based music is worship leading songs are drawn out for a really long time because you're looking at the worship experience of the people who are singing the song back to you. Right. You're putting the words in people's mouths that that cause them to worship, that cause them to declare their love for God, the greatness of God, that to declare the tenets of their faith. And that that experience will never be encapsulated into three and a half minutes. Right. Yeah. And so it's a it's a longer that, ride, yeah. Right. So people that are looking for worship recordings aren't looking for that they're looking for the longer experience and so it it it's a real journey as an artist to sort of figure out in terms of for worship leaders to figure out worship leadership song crafting recording how it all sort of meshes together yeah so i this is just stream of consciousness so there you go no that's awesome i mean because a lot of people will go into music because they have that one image of what they think it looks like. And then as they go along, they experience the different kind of niche, but having a clear idea of what you want from the beginning will save you a lot of time and heartbreak. It can. And and lots of us have a clear idea from the beginning, we think. And then that idea gets put through its paces. You Things happen in your life. You hit hardship. You try something. It doesn't work. You know, it, you know, all the things, the journey of the, the artist's journey is, you know, reads like the journal of a manic depressive. It's, it's really <laughs> <laughs> like the book of Psalms. It's, it's really up and really down. Yep. And, and I think you learn from that and you, you adapt your dream accordingly. You adapt your goal accordingly. Yeah. Either it causes you to be like, no, nope, what I wanted in the beginning is what I want and I'm going to push through. Yeah. Or I've learned that actually what I thought I wanted isn't. isn't all it was cracked up to be. Yeah. Here's here's where I'd like to go. So, yeah. You learn more about who you are and more about who you're not. Absolutely. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. I've got another question. Your music career has seen several hiatuses. Tell us about how it was making those decisions at the time and what your reason for making them was. Absolutely. Um, I think those hiatuses sort of fall into two categories. And that would one would be where the decision was made for me by circumstances. Oh, um, right. You know, I wouldn't necessarily have have not wanted to. I was a double negative. I might not have wanted to stop. Um, but things in life necessitated that. And right. so, you know, I, my first album was made in in the midst of great personal upheaval while bankruptcy was going on, while the loss of a home was going on and, and that, that album was getting made. So what an interesting moment in time. Talk about emotion. Right. Um, and then there was a, a several year gap, three year gap between that and the next project. Some of that was financial. Some of it was, you know, having made the first album, you know, w- when you make a first product, it never comes out looking like you think it's going to. I I don't think it ever does. And you learn a lot about yourself as an artist from that first project. And you can't avoid that. Your first project is never going to be the end game. You have to approach it that way. So there was a lot of um, growth and and ideas and new things that happened within that that frame. And I went on to make an album every couple of years after that. But but this last um, sort of time out, 
probably has been a combination of uh, a choice to step back from making new music and having that imposed by life circumstances. And I, I think for the artist that that writes predominantly out of that place of the muse, um, you know, maybe those of us who tend, it, it's perhaps it's a personality type. I tend to more toward that side of the brain where I will allow the flow of life, the flow of my emotions, what I'm going through at the time to really um, press on, bring the flavor of what I'm producing creatively. Right. And there are winter seasons in the life of an artist. And that doesn't mean that nothing's happening, but it, it means that everything goes underground for a season. Fruit trees cannot produce in the winter. And we wow. wouldn't expect them to, the yep. fruit would die. And, and I think as an artist, it's really challenging to walk through those seasons where everything kind of goes dormant for a bit. But it's as important as the times of major creativity and major production. I love that analogy. And so for me, the last, you know, three, three to five years, I was going through some really heavy personal things, a loss of a marriage and everything that comes out of that. Um, watching my sort of income stream as an itinerant, someone who traveled and, you know, did conferences and that kind of thing started to wane um, probably three years ago. And, you know, stepping into my committee with with an office job in order to keep income coming in, still always working, you know, at my church. I pastor the worship there and, and that's a wonderful um, outlet, working with creative people, still helping with songwriting there, still getting to to sing and lead worship every week has been a, a real, real blessing for me, but but not been out traveling, performing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, so that it's been a real difficult season in a way. And yet I recognize that it has been absolutely necessary. Sometimes you just go through seasons where it, it like a seed, it has to go into the ground and, and it has to go through a death of sorts in order that it, it can come back, bloom again, be reinvented as something fresh. Yep. And I just don't think you can avoid that as an artist. No, <laughs> no, because life happens. Exactly. And we're living in it. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's super awesome. I was going to I was going to ask how do you think maybe I don't want to say traumatic because you didn't use that word so I don't want to put that word in your mouth but these life altering experiences do you think they contributed in a positive or or in a negative way to your art? Um that's an excellent question and I I think I'll I'll say that they contributed in a positive way but but I think it's really important to, that as an artist and as a human, we look at positives and negatives as, as equal contributors, both to our character and, and to our gifts. You know, we're really quick to think, well, that was a negative. This is a positive, except that all things work together to form character. And it, it really just, it depends how you walk through those different trials, those different, you know, the difficulties in your life. Mm. And, and if you don't walk it well, you'll get another opportunity, guarantee those yep. things are going to come around again. And so I think you get to a point in life, um, and I'm totally dating myself here because I'm oldish. We'll, we'll uh, but blur I think, this, this, this part out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm proud of it. But, but I think you get to a point in life where um, you've walked through enough loss, enough heartache, and and yeah, traumatic circumstances that that if, if you are a person of faith, um, you, you begin, those, those things start to fade, those circumstances start to take a backseat 
mm-hmm. to who God is and what he's doing mm-hmm. and the character that he's forming in your life and the way they cause you to get to know him better. And I can honestly tell you, I would not trade this season of difficulty for anything for what I can see that it has produced in me both as a person and as an artist. That's wouldn't awesome. Trade it That's that. awesome. You wouldn't be who you are without them. Absolutely not. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Catherine. That brings us to the very end of our episode today. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in because without you, there is no show. I want to thank the people in the back. Sound guy, grumpy sound guy, you weren't so angry today, which uh, which doesn't happen too often. But most importantly, <laughs> <laughs> most importantly, Catherine King, thank you so much for being here. Do you have any final words? Thanks so much, Lou. Yeah, I, I just have so enjoyed being here. Thanks for having me. Um, and and I certainly, if our listeners are looking to get a hold of uh, music or resources, I'm still out there under the name Catherine Marquis. Um, there's a website at catherinemarquis.com, Facebook page where you can find music and resources. Watch for that change coming because we will okay. be uh, making some changes and you'll start to see more things coming out as Catherine King. But for the moment, if you want to find me, it's Catherine Marquis. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Catherine. We will also be including those links in the show notes. So don't be frenzied if you can't scramble that together right now. I believe that's everything. Thank you so much, Catherine. Until next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce.